Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Pete Callender here. Thanks a lot for hanging out. It is Election Day. The phone number's here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Also on the Twitter machine, where I, uh, I I do a lot of the wet work. Uh, there's, a, in fact, a Democrat candidate who uh, he's a perennial campaign loser and uh, came after me yesterday on the Twitter machine. He's a Democrat running for Congress, I think the 5th District against Virginia Fox. This time, last time, he lost handily to Dan Bishop. Uh, the previous time before that, he lost handily to somebody else. And I think the time before that, he lost very handily to somebody else. So he just, that's what he does. His name is Kyle Parrish. And um, yeah, I haven't been called uh, a a neo-Nazi SS wannabe. Haven't been called that. So that was a new one for me uh, from a a leftist who is surrounded by people chanting death to all the Jews. That's kind of, uh, you know, iron law of woke projection right there. They are guilty of that, which they accuse you. But it was all because I had the temerity of tweeting out a picture of Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom did some sort of a uh, press availability, st- stood in front of a podium and uh, instead of in front of a lectern. And uh, behind him was the was the flag of California. Have you ever seen the flag of California? It's got a big bear on it. Right. Well, the flag is, you know, it's not unfurled all the way out completely horizontally, and so it's just kind of laying, you know, it's droopy, you know, flaccid, if you will, and it's just kind of laying there. And the bear then kind of looks like he's on like a diagonal. And the way Newsom is standing and the bear is behind him, it looks like the bear is on Gavin Newsom's shoulder. And so the Babylon Bee sent out something about this, uh, about Gavin Newsom, and I said the buried headline there is that Gavin Newsom has trained a bear to sit on his shoulder and lick his ear because that's what it looked like. And that got me accused of being a (laughs) neo-Nazi from this guy who runs for office every other year and loses quite handily. One of the standard bearers of the, the Democrat Party. So there you go. Happy election day to you. Kyle Parrish, who's not going to win today. He's not running, but he's not going to win next year either. Probably. Um, And happy Election Day, too. Remember, go out and vote. We're going to be covering a lot of these different races. Uh, We're expecting to hear. I thought we were. I guess we haven't. Let me see. Let me check my phone here. Eh, No. Um, So we've got some, uh, we have some developments uh, since I uh, last joined you. Yesterday, we were going over a lot of the local races in uh, the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area. First off, I have to tell you that the, uh, if you're using the Mecklenburg County voting machines, um, there is a page two. I forgot to mention this yesterday. There's a page two. Um, When people, so apparently the first screen cannot fit more than 12 candidates on one page. 
And so um, you got to go to page two for the last two candidates in the larger races. For example, um, in the Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board race, there were 14 candidates. And so you got to go to page two in order to see Monty Witherspoon and Clara Witherspoon. They are uh, they are not related. They're not as far as I can tell, they're not related. So you got to go down to the bottom of the screen and you got to click more at the bottom of the screen and then you can get to page two. There is a similar situation, by the way, with Huntersville Board of Commissioners race. There's like 17 candidates in that race. And so you're going to have to also go to the go to the bottom and um, hit more there. And then that'll get you to the the rest of the candidates, the rest of the, I guess, what, uh, five other candidates there because the first page only holds 12. All right. So just a heads up on that um, over in the um, Charlotte city council race. I always take a look at the Charlotte observers endorsements. So I know for whom not to vote. And um, so again, they're endorsing the entire Democrat slate for the at large races. There is a libertarian running. Uh, so if you want to single shot him, uh, that might improve his chances of uh, of unseating one of those four Democrats. That's possible. And now that brings us over to the uh, District 6 race. Ah, here he is. Brett Jensen from uh, WBT News, also uh, host of the Breaking with Brett Jensen program here on WBT at 7 o'clock weekdays. Um, and so he had a bit of uh, a bit of the breaking news, as it were, on uh, Twitter last night. Uh, because, uh, hey, Brett, welcome. Uh, so you were not on the air last night for your regular show, right? The the coach's show or something? Yeah, yeah. They had the uh, last night, uh, every Monday night uh, during football season is the UNC coach's show, correct? Gotcha. So you had to broadcast basically on Twitter. <laughs> you had to put your story out on Twitter. So, all right, what uh, what was the latest development? This relates to the uh, District 6 case. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Tark tried to buy an ad, a full-page ad in Sunday's paper of the Charlotte Observer. And everything was moving along fine. They said he submitted what he was going to do. And then um, a person in the sales part of the advocacy and political strategic something, planning or whatever it was, that she gave herself as she identifies as, she um, said, hey, legal team's not going to allow this to run. And in the back and forth emails, Tark said, well, wait a minute. I'm not violating any of your standards. And I'm citing the sources, the Charlotte Ledger, who said that Stephanie Hand is not, was never an Charlotte Airport employee, and Brett Jensen from WBT. And basically, in the actual email said, just because the Charlotte Ledger said it doesn't make it true. <laughs> that was which, the actual email. Which Literally is pr- the email. And that's pretty amazing because we see this all the time, right? Ads are run all the time for campaigns. They'll take like a little... Uh, a snippet out of a headline or they'll take a blurb out of a news story or they'll run a, a, a news story from a television station and they'll embed that in their campaign ad to say this is being reported. And that's that's all it was about, that this is being reported. Yeah, and, you know, and he cited the references and the sources where it came from, um, where the reports were. Now, the one thing that, you know, may, may or may not have, because it could have changed, but he put... Uh, a Photoshop photo of Stephanie Hand wearing an airplane pilot's uniform, um, basically mocking the fact that she claimed many, 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 many times, and I cannot stress the word many enough, that she claimed that she ran airports. Little Rock, 
and Charlotte when she was actually in charge of the concessions uh, for an outside vendor, not even for the airport itself. And so, you know, Malcolm Graham was on my show last week. You know, he even brought it up. He was like, I wish, you know, she would clarify, but she refused to talk to us. She refused to talk to Charlotte Leisure. She even refused to talk to the Charlotte Observer last night. And so I feel like the Charlotte Observer only did finally something in their op-ed because I put out all that information in a long tweet, and it gained a lot of traction. I think the uh, NCGOP retweeted it, and a lot of other people really jumped on board. And the Observer had no excuse. They never returned Tark's emails going, well, wait a minute. Your own policy and standards say this, and that's not what's happening. What is going on? And they never replied back. And yet Stephanie Hand had three ads in Sunday Charlotte Observer, including one on the very front page, 1A of the Charlotte Observer at the bottom. So, you know, it, it makes you wonder what is going on. And they, the Charlotte Observer did store Stephanie Hand, and at the very bottom of their op-ed last night at 6 o'clock, it said, while it is troubling that she won't account for these or set the record straight, we do not feel like it disqualifies her from being the best candidate, we still endorse her. Mm. And as I said on Bo and Beth this morning, Stephanie Hand could shoot puppies and run over kittens, and the Observer would still endorse her. Well, I, yeah, they really don't like Tark Bakari, and um, I, I think it's clear that it's best in their minds, it's best to have only one Republican on Charlotte City Council. That is what uh, fair representation, that is what democracy looks like to the Charlotte Observer editorial staff. One Republican so he, in a city on a city council. Well, Pete, it's funny you just brought that up, and it's because here's my all, one of my all-time favorite Charlotte Observer stories. I had just started at WBT, and this was a 2018, my very first election, and it was the county commissioners, and they endorsed every Democrat county commissioner except for Matthew Ridenour, right? So Matthew Ridenour was the only Republican running for county commissioner they endorsed, and I don't know anything about county commissioners at the point I've been at WBT for two months. Mm-hmm. And so after the election, and Matthew Ridenour loses, and it's all Democrat, and it's been all Democrat ever since, but the very next day, the Charlotte Observer ran a piece saying how it wasn't good for Mecklenburg County that there's no Republican representation. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ten to one is okay, or eight to one is okay, but but eleven zero is not? Right, yes, <laughs> what, exactly. What, what am I missing here? No, you're not missing it. No, that's, that's, that is exactly the case. One Republican, that's it. So this way they can buttress themselves against any kind of accusations of being uh, overly biased or something. Say, like, I remember one, the, the classic for me was, this was, uh, I want to say, sometime around 2000 or maybe 2004 when they put out a uh, an editorial and they said, look, we've made lots of endorsements for Republicans for president. I mean, we endorsed Eisenhower. Like that was their that was their proof. That was the last one that they had endorsed. Uh, hang on, let me. Can I hang you? Uh, can I uh, hold you over for another uh, segment? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. All right. Hang on. This is Brett Jensen, and uh, we'll have more with him in a minute. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. 
Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Um, all right, joined for a couple more minutes here by uh, Brett Jensen from Breaking with Brett Jensen at 7 o'clock here on uh, WBT. Although, I guess tonight preempted for election night coverage, but I guess you're going to be part of that too, right, Brett? Yeah, I'll be out at the Republican headquarters uh, for District 6 with Tarpa Kari at Selwyn Pub. Scott Hamilton will be at the Democrat headquarters at the Mint Museum. Um, you know, and I'll be covering, I'll be specifically in charge of the school board at large. And the Huntersville elections, as a matter of fact, I'm up at one of the Huntersville places right now and at uh, one of the polling places now getting ready to leave here and head down towards back to South Park District 6. Um, but, yeah, so I'll be covering that tonight, and Scott will be covering uh, the Democrats for Charlotte and Mecklenburg County School Board as well as the Indian Trail situation. And we've got Bill McGinty covering the wildness down in Waxhaw tonight. I like the alliteration. Very well done. Um all right, so the uh, what's what's going on in Huntersville? I went over some of this yesterday, but what's uh, what what is the uh, the the poop show up in Huntersville? I think so. I, I just did an interview with Dan Boone. He's one of the three mayoral candidates, and you know he's not the one that's candidates. lied, right? He's not the one that's lied about being right. abor- uh, pro-abortion or anti-gun. He's not the one that showed the porn. He's the other guy. He's like the apparently Correct. the sane candidate. Well, that's what many people believe, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I just did an interview with him, and he understands and he knows that even before the first vote was cast, that it was going to be very difficult for him or Derek Partee to win because you've got two Republicans splitting the votes in so many ways, and you've got a lone Democrat. They don't have primaries in Huntersville. You want to have 15 Republicans and one Democrat run? You can absolutely do that. And so you've got two Republicans and one Democrat running, and like it, all the numbers, it would it would be nothing short of a miracle. To be perfectly honest with you, if a Republican somehow were able to pull this out and actually win the mayor race, now Republicans may actually do extremely well on the town commission board. Um, another name for that is city council, um, but they tell, call it the town commissioners up here. Mm-hmm. That's very highly possible and actually probable. But in terms of mayor, you look like it's going to be Christy Clark just because of the the, the numbers and the analytics. So is it possible that she doesn't clear, and I'm assuming they've got the same rules, right? 40% she has to clear in order to avoid a runoff. Is it possible that, uh, that, that she doesn't get over that 40% and then they, have to, they do have to do a runoff? I mean, in theory, yes, but you're going to have so, I mean, she's going to probably gain, I would say, I don't know, 95% at the very least of the Democrat vote, if not more. Mm-hmm. And they had a heavy turnout in early voting for the Democrats. And then let's say if she only gains a third of the unaffiliated votes, which, you know, unaffiliates have a tendency to vote Democrat. Um, and so at least all the numbers up here show that. And so, but even if she only got a third of the vote, then I believe all the numbers show that she should still get her across the finish line. Mm. All right, well, she can, uh, you know, visit lots of Harris Teeters around town and get them to uh, pull all sorts of koozies because they've got pictures of a bald eagle with a gun on them. Um, so that's, I think that was her campaign uh, platform. Uh, Brett Jensen, breaking with Brett Jensen. Uh, catch him tonight, part of the coverage on WBT, along with Bo and Beth. Appreciate your time, Brett. Thanks, sir. Anytime, Pete. I appreciate it, bro. All right, bud. See you. So District 6, Charlotte City Council, incumbent Republican Tark Bakari. You just heard the ad there during the break. 
he apparently was denied a full-page political ad in the Sunday edition of the Charlotte Observer. Which, I mean, the buried lead there is that the Charlotte Observer still prints a Sunday edition. That's I kid, I kid the Observer. Come on now. Um, and the ad, as uh, Brett Jensen on his Twitter uh, post last night shows, it's... Um, you know, it's got, it says Stephanie Hand, and there's a picture of her, and it it is a to me, it's pretty clear that it is a Photoshop of like her face on a uh, on uh, on a body that's wearing a pilot's uniform, and it says Stephanie Hand misrepresenting herself, misleading you, and then it has a little you know like they you know, ripped from the headlines, like literally, and, like the paper looks to be ripped, you know, and it says the Charlotte Ledger. Has city council candidate Stephanie Hand actually run airports? Quote, unquote. Charlotte Douglas confirmed she never worked for the airport. And then it says, she's not who she's not who she says she is. Goodness, that's a tongue twister. Um, and then it's got a picture of Tark Bukhari, uh, you know, looking stoic with his arms crossed, uh, folded over. And he's like looking, you know, with a, with a you know, a, a powerful smile, power smile. And he's like, real experience matters. Tark Scott Bakari, uh, and this is early voting, election day, and then he's got, like, the QR code and blah, 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 uh, and some stuff about him. Uh, recruited 2,000 tech jobs, nonprofit created Charlotte's leading workforce training programs. He's worked for several, uh, uh, launched several companies, has held executive positions in Fortune 500 companies, all of that. And in this write-up by Brett on his tweet, it says that the ad was rejected by the observer who told Bakari that the ad wouldn't run, quote, even though, because even though the Charlotte Ledger says something, that doesn't make it a fact. <laughs> That's some shade. You know how many former Charlotte Observer reporters work at the Charlotte Ledger now or write for the Charlotte Ledger? I wonder, I just wonder if there's just a wee bit of pettiness. I'm just kidding. I don't wonder at all. I am not wondering one bit about it. The one thing that you can count on in this town is the pettiness of the Charlotte Observer. They've been petty for 30 years. All right. And it doesn't matter who's in this in the seats over there, it seems like. And I and on one-on-one level, I've had great relationships with all sorts of reporters at the Charlotte Observer when I was on the beat and I was working city council meetings and stuff. That's why I know when I see their byline showing up at the ledger, <laughs> I know, like, oh, they're not at the observer anymore. They're now writing. Like freelance, independent contracting, and they're doing this kind of work. And this is, by the way, this the, the rise of this new business model. And it's all over the place. And see, apparently the Charlotte Ledger may be getting under the, the skin of the Observer brass uh, because they're taking market share. Because the same dynamic is playing out in Asheville, where the Citizen Times, which is owned by the USA Today conglomerate, they went ahead and fired, like, I think there's like two people left in their newsroom. Uh, it, it is very, very, very small now. And it wasn't a large paper to begin with. But Asheville used to have two papers, if I recall correctly. And now they're down to one. And they have like two or three reporters left. And a lot of their reporters now work for an online publication called the Asheville Watchdog. And they're all lefties. Like all of those people, whether they're in the Citizen Times newspaper or they're in the Asheville Watchdog <laughs> publication, they're all left. Right. They're all on the left. And the observer and 
the ledger, I don't know what all every reporter's politics are. They're bigger operations. But I know that when I read, like, for example, I think I saw something from uh, Michelle Crouch the other day. Like, I know that's legit. Michelle Crouch used to cover city council when I was covering city council, and I trust her reporting. Uh, Christina Bowling, Tony Messia, trust their reporting. And the idea that that the observer brass would say, well, just because it was in the ledger and they say something. So they don't even say that just because the ledger reported it. They don't even give them they don't even give them that. It, oh, that's not reporting. It's just that they they say they literally they took the words of Stephanie Hand when she appeared on the public radio station. She went on WFAE and she said these things. There's audio. You can listen to it. It's not like the uh, the ledger is just making this stuff up. They're quoting her from her own words in a recorded interview that the observer can listen to. They went on to say, after doing some research on Stephanie Hand, what we found seems to indicate that she worked for Marriott, which is an airport vendor. Nicole Dewan, who identifies herself as a strategic account manager, political and advocacy. <laughs> that is, yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> That's your account manager, political and advocacy. Okay, so you handle all the political ads and all the advocacy ads, and I'm sure never the two shall meet, right? Uh, this individual, Nicole Dewan, offered up, quote, our team will not approve the ad if the statements are not found to be true and or if there is a doctored photoshopped image on the ad. Okay, so it all right, so it sounds like that's really what you're going to try to hang your hat on. That's the reason is that there's a photoshop of Stephanie Hand wearing a pilot uniform. Okay? So why not just say that? But no, they got to get the dig in on the ledger. Um at the end of the email, Dewan says, "I would suggest a pro Tark Scott Ed, pro, you mean Tark Scott Bokari. His last name is Bokari. So I would suggest a pro Tark Scott Ed if you have the creative for it. And the, that, that just means like your creative department. People have created some mailers or whatever. And I'm sure he did. But why are you offering him advice on the kinds of ads he wants to run? Like, are you offering up campaign advice because you really want him to win, right? That's no, no. Oh, I'm just saying that this is what would get approved. Tony Messia, who is the founder and executive editor of the Charlotte Ledger, said his outlet's reporting has never been questioned, said we stand by our story and its accuracy. Well, of course they do. It took one phone call to the Charlotte airport for them to say she's never been on our payroll. And then you look at her LinkedIn profile. There it is. If the observer wanted to confirm any of this, they could have done so. They could have found out that Stephanie Hand lied. Oh, wait, they kind of did. But they don't want to call it a lie because it's different when Democrats do it. See, embellishing your resume when you're a Republican gets you the full George Santos treatment. When doing it as a Democrat, well, you get a whole bunch of, uh, of minimization and covering, and apologia. Charlotte Observer refusing to run an ad on the front page of the Sunday paper that was requested by incumbent Republican Charlotte City Councilman District 6, Tark Bakari, and they said that, uh, they said even though the Charlotte Ledger said something, that doesn't make it a fact. 
and doing some research on Stephanie Hand, who's the Democrat opponent, what we found seems to indicate that she worked for Marriott, which is an airport vendor. Right. The problem is, is that's not what she said. That's not what she said in her interviews, nor in the mailer that she was handing out, the palm card that she was handing out. And then we've got this uh, this editorial that ran today, yesterday. Um, so I guess it is probably in today's dead tree copy of the paper, if anybody still actually gets that. Um, they say when a candidate for public office makes a mistake, the worst thing they can do is refuse to address it head on. Okay, so let's just assume that that's not just poor writing on the part of all of the editors uh, at The Observer, that that's that the worst thing when you make a mistake, quote unquote, the worst thing is to refuse to address it head on. Okay, so if that's the worst thing, what if Stephanie Hand makes a mistake if she wins and she's now on city council? Uh, she's one of the 10 of 11 votes on city council, as Democrats and the Observer would call it, I, I assume, fair representation, right? 10 to 1, Democrat to Republican majority. And the worst thing that she would do in that circumstance after having made a mistake would be to refuse to address it head on. Okay, so that's the kind of representation we should have because she's not Tark Bakari. This is what kills me, too. It's like you don't even need the extra vote. It's not like Republicans can direct anything. But Tark Bakari challenges Tark Bakari challenges Democrats in a way, in a more pugnacious fashion than Ed Driggs does. Ed Driggs is the other Republican, District 7, I believe. And he he will challenge um, Democrats too, but he just does it in a more Charlotte kind of way. Because Ed is a, I mean, he's, he's, he's an older generation Republican from Charlotte. I recognize his style from when, I was a reporter here 20 years ago. Well, uh, you know, 20 from about 99 through uh, through 20. Yeah, 2009. So, yeah, 10 years. And so I recognize that style and that to the observer, I guess, is a little bit it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier to deal with than Tark Bakari, who just, you know, launches these broadsides (laughs) into Democrats and has a bit more flair, let's say. And um, that's, to me, the key here, is that they just don't want Bakari. Because Bakari has been a good representative for his district. It's a very close district, and they just prefer Stephanie Hand. I I assume it's for no other reason than they don't really care for Tark Bakari. Because if a Republican had done this, a la George Santos, like if they had made up stuff about their past, then they would be calling for somebody else, the Democrat, to unseat them. Like, that, that would be the reason. Here's their explanation in the editorial. Overseeing the food and retail offerings at various airports across the region, then that sounds like a fair description. But saying that she ran airports, quote-unquote, sounds more like an embellishment and can easily be misconstrued. Yes, it can be misconstrued because it's a lie. It's a lie. She didn't run the airports. But they're, they're willing to give her the benefit of the doubt because... Democrat. Um, They say, we get it. When people are speaking off the cuff, they repeatedly don't always speak as precisely and accurately as they should. 
but they must own up to it and correct the record. Unfortunately, Hand has not done that. Instead, Hand is doing what politicians too often do, deflecting instead of acknowledging that she messed up. And then they asked her campaign manager, Dan McCorkle, and he gave them an explanation. They were like, yeah, that's not the forthright explanation we were hoping for. Voters deserve better answers than that. And it's unfortunate. There it is again. Unfortunate. See, it's just it's an unfortunate. This just happened to her. Who would have seen it coming? It's the wrong move, especially so close to Election Day. Is it, though? Politically, it's the right move. Just shut up. Don't address it. Hope people don't hear about it. And you're helping them not hear about it by, you know, not letting Tark Bakari run his ad. This is also true, however. Hand does not appear to have a pattern of embellishing or misrepresenting the truth. Really? About what? Well, have you checked out every other thing that she has said? Have you have you tracked down all of that? I mean, you're the ones that you literally just said in your rejection letter to um, to Bakari that just because the ledger says something doesn't mean it's true. Well, have you tracked it down? Oh, and by the way, the editorial staff seems to think it's true. We endorsed Hand over Bakari because we still believe she's the better candidate. Did Hand misrepresent her airport experience? Yes. Although we can't say for sure if it was intentional. Yeah. She just did it four times. She printed it on a palm card for voters. She should have come out and corrected it. Yes, absolutely. Is it disqualifying? No. Troubling, but not disqualifying. All right. Well, glad we got that to look forward to if she wins. Thank you.